Hey guys and dolls, welcome to another episode of Business Beauty and Bubbles. And today we are talking to the awesome clinical therapist, LaShondra Shepherd. She's going to talk about mental health. We're going to talk about some amazing things that we can do to help our mental health and talk about why in 2022, with all that we've gone through, why is this still stigma behind mental health? So here we go. Welcome. Sandra, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? I am good. I am good. So I want to just jump right in. First, let's talk about who you are. Tell us who you are um, really quick. Give us your bio. Yes. So I'm LaShondra Shepard. I'm a licensed clinical marriage and family therapist. I'm licensed in the states of Kansas and Missouri. Uh, I am from Kansas City, born and raised here. Uh, I have over 12 years of experience in the helping field. The first half of my career was spent working in schools, actually, um, helping families and students with mental health struggles in the schools, as well as connecting families to community resources. Um, and then I opened my own practice in 2015, um, where I worked with adolescents and adults um, managing anxiety and depression, adjustments to life transitions, um, and building uh, interpersonal and communication skills. And now I also see clients virtually. So that's been really exciting um, to connect with people all across the states of Kansas and Missouri. Um, and I have specialized training in um, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. So I work with women um, during prenatal and postpartum um, times in their life. Oh, awesome sauce. Listen, that <laughs> it was a mouthful, but I am loving it. Like, that is so yes. awesome. That was so awesome. Okay, so you, you said you have 12 years, over 12 years experience. Yes. So I know that these last couple of years look totally different than the last few years. Mm-hmm. So with all that we've gone through, like with the whole pandemic, um, transitioning from not being able to go outside to uh, staying at home, kids going to school virtual, people working from home. Why do you think that there's still such a huge stigma on mental health, like getting, seeing a therapist? I think everybody needs a therapist. (laughs) Yeah, you know, what's interesting is, uh, I think the stigmas, it, it's gotten a lot better. I will say this. I think uh, the conversations that we've had, television has played a huge piece. And of course, um, famous actors, actresses, athletes, everyone that is speaking about mental health is moving us into a direction where people are more open to it. But I know from my experience sitting with people or speaking with people, uh, the stigma around mental health and being crazy, something is wrong with you. Uh, and that's why you got to talk to a therapist. When in all reality, many of my clients um, don't have a mental health diagnosis. They are really struggling with um, day-to-day things. Um, they are overwhelmed. Um, they are traumatized by COVID. We've all lived through COVID, uh, and you that you don't realize that that's a trauma. That is definitely a trauma. Yes, we all have experienced at least that trauma. In addition to the Black community 
we have way, way more traumas that we don't know affect us day to day. Um, and so that stigma that if you are going to talk to someone, then something's wrong with you in your head, in your mind. When many people go just to stay level-headed, to stay at what I say baseline, and then to build upon those things. Absolutely, because I, you know, I have a therapist and I've been in therapy for many a moon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was explained to me <clears throat> that, especially women of color, and I'm mm-hmm. just speaking from my experience, this is my experience, women of color, we experience a lot of little trauma. Yes. And a little trauma could be a breakup, a little trauma could be something that, um, like for me, it was failure, Mm -hmm. uh, like starting a business or trying to start a business and something didn't go right or whatever. But we, we tend to pile on the many traumas and we never heal from those many traumas Mm -hmm. or process through those many traumas, which creates huge issues when we as adults so a lot of some of the many traumas that I went through as a child or high school or whatever it wasn't until like in my 30s that being in therapy and you know I I literally really commend therapists you guys are awesome for the work that you guys do um realized that a lot of who I was as an adult had a direct to my youth and little traumas that I didn't hear you know heal from because I had a complex of not being good enough Mm -hmm. but that comes out for me as always wanting to do this be exceptional be perfect make sure that this person that people please it like all these things that I was doing it all went back to when I was younger not being enough and it's like aha Yep. <laughs> uh huh. Right. But absolutely. Spent, but I spent most of my life making straight A's, doing this. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be this. And one person could see that as, oh, that's ambition. She just wants to be the best of the best. But why does she want to always be the best mm-hmm. of the best? So it wasn't until getting older and being in therapy that I realized a lot. I had to untrain my brain. Yes. And that's the hardest part in this in, in this whole process is going from what you know to reinventing your new self at, at right now at 42. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's been it's been a process. It's yeah. been a process. So yeah. how would you I guess I would like to say like what what's the first step? Mm-hmm. Yes. Seeking a therapist. Like what's the first step? Yeah. So what I appreciate with what you just said is retraining. Like you realize that some things were um, not feeling right, unsettled with you, didn't like the way things were moving or shifting. So recognizing that I think is the first thing, um, because I will always ask clients like, wow, how did you learn that? And when did you learn that? Mm-hmm. Um, as black women, we're often assigned this role of a caretaker. Mm-hmm whether we want it to be or not, that strong black woman is a caretaker. And I'm I'm always talking about being a caregiver. Like we are Mm. to give care and not to take care. Yes, developmentally in life, we take care of our kids and sometimes our parents are elderly and we take care of them. But for healthy adults, functioning relationships, we are caregivers. So when you 
find out there's a um, imbalance, right? Then I think that that's a good time to start to seek out therapy. Um, when your mood shifts, right? So two highs or two lows, that's mm. a good time also to seek out a therapist. Um, okay. Transitions, new jobs, getting ready to get married, kids, uh, menopause, uh, <laughs> like all hey, of that. You, now listen, you just named yes. a couple of things that yes. <laughs> if I didn't have one, I don't know where I would be. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like we go through so much and our roles are so complex. Uh, and I don't think as black women, we realize that because we've been functioning in that way for so long. Because we've been functioned to survive, to be strong and yes. keep going. Yes. Um, and I think that's why I wanted you, I wanted to have this conversation with you because it's like now at 40, I don't want to be strong. I want to be okay with not being strong. Uh-huh. And I need to set boundaries so people can understand that. Oh, boundaries. Like, yes. Listen, boundaries was the hardest thing for me to set because for so long, I felt like I started to become resentful of people for me having to set boundaries because yes. I feel like people should be okay with who you are or what you don't want to do. Like, if I don't want to do something, I don't want to do it. It's mm-hmm. okay. You don't get to make me feel bad and pressure me into doing something or make me feel a certain kind of way. But before 40, it, you know, I yeah. would be the, okay, I'll go ahead and go. Okay, I'll go ahead because I was people pleasing all the time. Absolutely. But that, but that was depleting my energy mm-hmm. and my spirit. And yes. so being aware of that was the first thing. And mm-hmm. so before that woman, like me, I don't mind being in therapy. I'm cool with that. But what would a person do who's just not ready, but they still want to do something to mentally get some of that clarity? What could they do if they're not ready for seeking a therapist? Yeah. So one of the things that I encourage, like just family members, friends, um, people that I talk to that aren't clients of mine, especially, is to start to write things down um, and start to journal and kind of get those thoughts where you're struggling at. Um, Everything's not going to get done. So also giving yourself some grace Mm. with that. Um, I, I, I have good intentions, but I also realize that some of my deadlines may not be realistic. Right. So I need to reevaluate those things. Um, Just looking into Googling therapy. So I'll tell clients this too, who might transition out. You know, you can find worksheets online. There are books. um, There are tools that are free through Google too. And look (laughs) at some of those. Print some off. Work through that stuff by yourself. And if you're still struggling, that might be the time to reach out to a therapist. But I'll ask people, what have you done? Have you read something? Did you hear a podcast? Have you talked to someone? Have you been writing? What have you done before coming in? That is awesome. That's good because I feel like oftentimes we just expect to go to someone and someone fix us and we don't do the work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. It's like, it's important to do the work. And I am guilty of like, I write down notes all the time when it relates to my business 
and things of that nature. But when it comes to journaling, I always struggle with journaling. Yeah. Knowing that I'm always writing, I'm always <laughs> writing, but to sit still, and it's the sit still thing. Yes, absolutely. Um, for me, it's the sit still thing. Because I was just telling myself, well, okay, when you paint your nails next time, because that's my sit still moment. Like uh -huh. I paint my nails, I love paint my nails. I can record my thoughts. Mm -hmm. that that's way it. there you go I can Sean. record it because I can't write it because I'm painting my nails but that's the time yes. I literally sit still yes because I have to let my nails dry and I'm okay with it because I feel like that's part of my self-care yes. um is to to be in that moment so and I just recently discovered that just so we're clear like oh I could just hit <laughs> record and talk through my thoughts you know instead of like typing and writing it down I can do that but that's something that I said I was going to try next when I actually uh paint my nails because my thoughts is racing I'm painting mm -hmm. my nails and I'm sitting still but I'm still thinking your mind's still going thoughts are still going I still Absolutely. got stuff that I need to do so um I appreciate that you're saying that and I love that you said grace yes oftentimes us as women mothers wives daughters we don't give ourselves enough grace no we extend it we'll extend it in a heartbeat we'll extend it in a heartbeat you are so right we'll give it to others in a heartbeat mm -hmm. but we're so hard on ourselves and we don't give ourselves enough grace and i am learning that i'm learning that now that girl get the same grace you give to everybody else yes. and everything's gonna be okay Self-compassion. Um, yeah. Self-compassion. Yes. We talk about that a lot because I also see a lot of black women who can, you know, I'll, I'll say to them, what would you tell your friend? And they can mm. spit it out and they know it and they believe it. And I'm like, how do you give that same compassion to yourself? Mm. That is so good. How do we move that in that so direction? That is so good. And I know that you mentioned you, so you mentioned like Google therapy. This is so funny that you said that up because I always say YouTube University. So. Yep. <laughs> but you said books and printout and worksheets. Mm -hmm. How would someone know what is like, do you have like a few sites that you would recommend? And the only reason why I said that because there's so much stuff out there. Oh yeah. Like how do you know if it's a good worksheet or a good workbook to kind of mm -hmm. like work through do you yeah. have a certain space or certain that you use that you know that you would recommend to someone absolutely so my favorite is going to be therapy for black girls um okay. that is my go-to it is my trusted site um, has tons of information whether it is written information or if it's audio information visual information i think that they've done a really good job with um getting that all together for people to use that may or may not be in therapy. Um, another okay. site that I will have clients look at is Therapist Aid. It has tons of worksheets and visual information for people to, to browse through and see if they connect with some of those um, as well. I would say if you're looking at a site, if you do Google information like, you know, working on boundaries, mm -hmm. um, that you make sure that the site that you're looking at has some reference to mental health therapy, psychology, that is not like okay. necessary Pinterest. Um, <laughs> maybe not the best one, okay. but if it is attached to a professional who um, has a degree and has that education and experience in it, see if okay. it fits for you. 
Okay, that, and then that's important. That's why I ask because I try to tell my daughter now everything that's posted on the internet don't make that it's valid or that Absolute, it's right. Like, yes. Yes. So I want to make sure that you know, people yes. are Googling certain stuff and using stuff that is not going to help them yeah. at all. You mentioned the journaling piece and I uh, recently also started encouraging clients to use audio to do their journaling. First of all, because people were just so busy to find that mm-hmm. time to just sit and write. And then some people felt it it was like homework, like a task. And if it's something mm. that I have to do for some reason, I'm avoiding it. And I mm. always will tell clients, it does not have to be sit down and write down everything. It's not dear diary. Sometimes it is. I'm feeling frustrated. Sit down and write down what just happened. Like mm. it's moments. And so recording is helpful because you usually have your phone with you. So in the car, if something um, activates you or you become responsive to it, it triggers you, then stop in that moment and be like, hey, I just had this thought about this person and this is how I felt about it. See, and that's, that's just good, right? Because when you're right, we always have our phones. Like mm-hmm. there's other times that we don't have our phones. Most people, everybody has their phone. Yes. So that is awesome. I didn't even think about that part of it. I was just thinking about because I'm doing my nails and I cannot <laughs> write. But that is good because I know there's times in my, my, I call it my mobile office with uh-huh. my car. I'll sit out there and I'll process through some thoughts before I come inside or before yes. I get to where I'm going. Yes. But that's a perfect time to do that. So thank you for thank you for suggesting Absolutely. that because it's like you can hit the record on there, take some notes, you know, mm-hmm. some verbal notes, um, and process through that. Because a lot of us, I know, we all be sitting in our car in our yep. driveway, mm-hmm. right? Just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the transition moment that you need to take from one place to the next. Yeah, so it's like, that is a good idea. So let me ask you this. So I know that being in therapy for many, many moons, um, that you and I had a conversation before, and if someone is in therapy and they feel like like their therapist is not, there's no growth there. Yeah. Is it okay to pause and exit stage left? Yes. And, and <laughs> how would one go about doing that? Because like I had shared with you, I feel like I'm just, I'm not, I'm a different person than I was when I entered into, but I feel like I need something different and something more now. So what's the proper way? Because I know there's probably somebody out here that's going to be listening to this podcast and they're going to be like, well, I see this therapist and I'm just kind of like, I feel like I'm not getting anything out of it. So, you know, I'm thinking about, I don't want to do this no more or, or let's figure out another solution, another therapist, but how would someone go about transitioning to a different therapist it's the, the best protocol to do that without offending that there do a therapist get offended when people leave their <laughs> leave their care i mean i don't know <laughs> like do y'all be like uh-uh she's just gonna go to somebody else like i mean how does that what's the etiquette behind changing therapists yeah you know i can only speak to myself uh about who gets offended and not i think that's also a growing stage in therapy is that I know 
people aren't always going to be in therapy. Like my goal is for you to be able to function outside of therapy, right? So you're here for a time period. We are there to process, to grow, to be challenged, to learn, and then to move on. And clients do that. And I don't feel some type of way about it. And sometimes they come back. So I, and they go live their life. And two years later, something else happens. Because remember, I see clients that go through life transitions too. So I may have seen you mm. while you were pregnant. <laughs> and mm. then I saw you again when you got married. And then I'm seeing you again at your new job. And then your, you know, mom, dad passed away. So I've seen clients through tons of transitions. They haven't just stuck with me the entire time. Okay. And then also there are clients that come in and then we've done the work and you're done with that therapist. You're done with your time with that therapist. You have been there. Um, you came in with a treatment plan. So while you're in therapy, there is a treatment plan. We've worked through those goals in therapy. And now it's time for you to terminate, to discharge, to move on. And the conversation okay. is simply, hey, I feel like I, I can do this. I feel like I've met those goals. Okay. See, I like that. I like that. Okay, so that's good. You know, after you've completed the treatment plan and you feel like that you've done it, you're like, hey, I think that I got this and I need to move on. My problem is I feel like I just, I got to go. It's another level to where I got to get to. And I just feel like that person's not going to get me to the level that I need to get to. And I think sometimes I often, you know, in our community, the black community, I'll have clients that will come and I, one of the questions I ask, you know, have you been to therapy before? And they're like, yeah, I had a therapy of a different race, but I, I felt like we got stuck. So I was no longer growing. I wasn't feeling better. They didn't understand. I had to keep explaining some cultural things. And then yeah. I said, okay, it wasn't a good fit for what your new journey is. Okay. Because that's, that's, I feel like that's exactly where I'm at right now. Then that mm-hmm. is exactly where I'm at. Uh-huh. So it's not a good fit for my journey right now. Yeah. So let, let me ask you this. So say you're my therapist. Um, you're my therapist. And I get married, right? And yeah. I'm like, oh, and then we want to do marriage counseling. Do you do you take on the marriage counseling mm-hmm. part of it if you're already the client of the wife? How does that work? Because someone asked me about that and I said, I'll ask that question or do you get a new therapist because I think men because it was a sense of the husband might think they would be biased because you already go to her so you you us coming in to her she already gonna be on your side so how do you handle that that's a great one yeah that's a great one because I am um, a licensed marriage and family therapist so I do see couples If I have seen a client, a woman or a man, and we are invested in this clinical relationship now, meaning I've seen you multiple times now, Mm -hmm. and we decided, oh, now your partner and you need couples counseling, I personally am going to refer that couple out. Okay. Not so much because I'm going to be on her side or your side, it's just because I have sat with this client for so long, I've heard her side for so long that I'm invested Mm. now in her treatment plan. And it's often better to get a new therapist to look at the couple. 
Okay, I'm glad. So that is settled. So I will let her <laughs> make sure she listens to this because th- that was the question. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll ask that question because you wonder how does that work? You yeah. know, like, because mm-hmm. you want everybody to be like, Safe, comfortable. You know, yeah, like, Uh no, no, I don't know you. You don't know me. We don't know you. So let's get to know each other at the same time. So I guess I can see that. That that makes perfect sense. Now, vice versa, however, if I see a couple, I often do do individual sessions when I see couples. So if a couple comes in, then we meet for a couple of times individually and then come back as a couple. If I feel as if you need, you know, more intensive individual work, then I'm going to refer you out for that. Okay, okay. Well, that's nice. That's good to know. That's good to know. Okay, so since we're, are you taking new patients? And I'm asking that because it's like, how would someone, if someone wanted to see if they wanted to reach out to you to see if you're taking new patients, how would they do that? Where can they find you? So I am taking new clients. I am taking new clients virtually. So I think this is another important piece. Um, So I have in person that is full right now and I still will see clients virtually. Virtually means that you have to be in the states of Kansas or Missouri. So I get referrals from other states and I think because we're virtually, they feel as if, oh, I thought you could see everybody. But we have to be licensed in the state where the client is. So that's important. So I can see clients in the states of Kansas or Missouri. um, And I am seeing and accepting new clients. And they can reach me through my Instagram, which is Journey of Faith Counseling. Um, They can also reach me through Monarch. Um, Monarch is another therapist directory. And they can just search LaShondra Shepard and find me that way as well. Okay. And I'll make sure I have that in the bio. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I feel like I had something else that I wanted to ask you. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. But I feel like there was something else. Are there other um, unconventional ways of uh, processing through certain emotions at the time that you would recommend like maybe not journaling maybe not the audio but any like breathing or <laughs> or is there anything uh-huh. that you would recommend to do to help kind of diffuse some certain things yeah so one of the things what you said is sounds so simple and that's the deep breathing <laughs> And I, I tell clients all the time, like, you don't realize, especially when you're on the go and you're juggling lots of things, how often you're holding your breath. Oh, you're so right. Because <laughs> my partner, he said to me, he was like, baby, breathe. Yep. I didn't know that I wasn't breathing because I was, I was excited about that. I don't know what it was. He was like, baby, breathe. And yes. I wasn't breathing. Absolutely. You're so right. Yes. And that just takes a few moments. You know, and okay. I tell clients, stop what you're doing. If it's in the car, if you're at work, if you're at your desk, just stop and deep breathe. Mm, okay. Do five good in and out slowly. Right. Um, the other thing that I'll have clients do in in moments, um, and I work with a lot of adolescents. When in the schools, I worked with elementary through high school, but in my practice, I work with adolescents. 
and they get super overwhelmed too. And so one of the things that we've learned is to have something that you can feel and move about in moments. So whether that is a fidget, if that is a bracelet, if that's a coin in your pocket, um, just something that you can kind of twiddle around. Okay. That is a good sensory way to kind of decrease um, being stressed or overwhelmed. Okay. I'm just taking some notes here. Okay, so, <laughs> okay I'm writing down the notes. Okay, deep breathing, yeah. five, in and out, and then something that you can feel, like a fidget, a uh-huh. coin, something that you can move about. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, how important, I just want to ask you, I mean, I know that you're not a nutritionist, but how yes. important is what we put in our bodies <laughs> Of course. <laughs> to help with our mental health journey. And I mean, I'm only asking that question because um, I noticed that when you eat certain things, you feel certain things, whether mm-hmm. it's irritable, I call it Krabby Patty or whatever, that that kind of alters some things like your mood. And so then that could cause more stress, more anxiety. Yeah. So how do you feel? Do you have a suggestion on when you're when you're eating and when you're taking some things that can um, help put things in perspective for those who might be um, causing some of their anxiousness from mm-hmm. what they eat and drink? Mm-hmm. Um, so my training is systemic. So I'm always looking at the entire person uh, and holistic health. So I love when a client comes in, one of the things on our intake is, uh, what are you eating? How often do you exercise? How much are you drinking? You know, um, what does substance look like in your lifestyle? Because we're going to address the holistic approach. That's both your emotional, your mental, your physical, um, your spiritual. Because they all do relate to each other. Um, And if you're seeing a physician, then I'm like, when was your last physical? Um, when you're eating, do you notice there is any adverse effects to these type of things, which is your normal, like your dairies, your grains, um, you know, sweets. And we're doing a full conversation about that, including exercise as well, because we know there is a direct relationship to that. Um, and I've talked to nutritionists for clients, um, dietitians, physicians. Um, we, we try to do a collaborative approach as well Um, and that includes just simple things such as when clients come in i'm like how much water are you drinking okay Mm. let's just up that a little bit let's let's do one extra cup and see what that does for you i like that i like that and i like that you say a holistic approach because i don't like i know there's a difference between psychologist and a psychiatrist yes but i don't like people who throw out medicine right away that's always my indicator of nah I don't know about that (laughs) and I think that's I think that's a cultural thing as well I get many people from the black community who are like "Mm, yeah I don't want medication because it's a cultural thing because it's like we've seen what these medicines being pumped what medicines can do Mm -hmm. and then I just feel like I'm always one of those people that want to advocate for my health, especially being a black woman, you have to advocate mm-hmm. for your health. But to say, okay, so if I don't, if I decide that I don't want to take those, 
mm-hmm. what can I do to not take those? Because I don't want to get into that uh, of popping pills. I just don't like popping pills. But I know that there are some pills that help help balance some things for people. And, and I do. I know that medicine yeah. is there to help. Yeah. However, I'm always interested, and that's why I like when you say holistic, to see how do we handle this without meds mm-hmm. first. And if meds are truly needed, but I feel like we have to do the work first ourselves yeah. mm-hmm. before we be dependent on a medication. Yes. yes. So I was glad that you said holistic approach because I feel like that is super, super, super important because I feel like that also could play a huge part on why people don't seek out there the because they're like, uh, I don't want to be taking no pills. I don't need to be taking no pills. Uh-huh. I'm not, you know, because it's like, that's what some people equate. If you go see a therapist, you're crazy and you got to take your happy pills. Yes, so. Absolutely. Or they've had experience. You know, I have many clients who have had experience as a child taking some form of medication. And Mm. and so they have an adverse, you know, response to it as an adult having to take medication. medication. So we talk about all the things and I'm very forward. Hey, then I need you to do all these things so that (laughs) that won't be the only option left. You know, you also have to do the work outside of your psychiatrist and therapist and even your, your physician. So that you know you can get the holistic approach and wellness that you want. And I believe that that is so important. That is so important. Okay, now listen. I feel like I have had some some good stuff here. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this was so needed. So before we go, what is the best advice? that you could give a woman, a black woman, a woman of color, but women, I'll just say all women, we'll say all women, we'll say all women mm-hmm. for the sake of uh, the podcast, but that you would give them to encourage them to tap into their resources um, for therapy and, you know, seek help. If you could, if you could talk to them what would you say just a, a couple of sentences or something um because you never know who might hear this who yeah. might hear this podcast and who might need it to hear this podcast and so I just want to be sure that um they know that this is coming from absolute love um and that they know that this is just to help educate and help you know encourage someone to to seek what they need to see so mm-hmm. what would you say to a person who is listening and still on the fence about it so the first thing I would say is um, do it for you. Um, think about how much you do for everyone else. How often you show up, even when. Do this for you, right? Um, and the other thing is you're doing the best you can given what you have at this time. And the like final that. thing is... <laughs> You can't be everything to everyone at all times. Mm. That just punched me in my gut. <laughs> Listen, because we we do it. Like yes. when you said earlier, we are assigned certain roles. And I feel that without knowing women of color, especially black women, we are assigned the roles of 
strong black woman. Mm-hmm. But that assignment, that's a heavy assignment. Because what that looks like to some is in the background, you're always tired. You're always taking care of everybody else. You're always um, being this rock star of a person, but you are not who you need to be. And it's like, it gets overwhelming. And then you look back and how many years you've been doing this and you're like, oh my gosh, who am I? Who am I? (laughs) Who am I outside of my roles? Yes. And and, and that, that right there alone will shake up a woman and change everything for a a woman. When you are sitting in front of yourself and you're asking the question, who am I outside of being a mother, outside of being a daughter, outside of being a wife, outside of being an employee, a student Mm -hmm. or a business owner, who am I? And I tell you, from experience, I've been there. And I like who I am now because I know who I am. But it was a struggle because I didn't know who I was. I knew who everybody, I was to everybody else, but Mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was. And Mm -hmm. that is, I'm just so glad that you said that because you can't be everything to everybody. I mean, you can't. It's humanly impossible. Absolutely. Not realistic. Okay. Well, we are about to be done. I thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. I truly, truly appreciate you. You were a a spirit. You were just a kind spirit when I met you from the headshot, uh, (laughs) the headshot thing. And then you won a a full session. And so it's just one of those things. Like, I just feel like when I come across great people, great women that I want to stay connected, add them to my tribe somehow, because it's like, sometimes you don't meet, you don't meet people that can change lives often. Everybody's capable of changing lives, Mm -hmm. but when you come across somebody who's truly genuine at wanting to change lives and wanting people to be healthy, and you just kind of just feel that person's spirit, and I'm just so glad that we got a chance to do this, um, even with my scattered brain of the self. <laughs> thinking that I sent you a whole email that I didn't do, which is so funny because we still made it was, happen. <laughs> we did. We still made it happen. So I have to literally, like, I have to try some of this stuff because yes. my brain is everywhere. But I really thought that I sent you that email. I really did. So. Um, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on um, you, this is Beauty and Bubbles. This this meant everything to me because this this is good. This is good. Well, thank you for doing this for other people because oh. it's not just for you. You know that it's for your listeners too. It is, and I'm I'm so I'm so glad about this. 